My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, juicekitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow Cooking with an Italian Accent. Ciao! Today I'll begin answering Katarina's question that she sent me on Instagram. She asked me, which is the difference in between semolina and semola rimacinata? Well, so first of all, both the semola and the semola rimacinata come from grano duro, durum wheat. Durum wheat is different from soft wheat. The durum wheat produces a yellowish flower which is similar to a very fine sand, while the soft wheat, which is the most common wheat, produces a white flower which is similar to powder, to dust. So um, the yellowish flower is semola. Semola is coarser, it's less refined, it is perfect for homemade pasta that you can make with or without eggs. While the semola rimacinata means twice milled, so it is finer, it is less yellow and it's ideal for pizza, for focaccia, for bread. So I hope I have answered your question, Katarina. And as you are a bread lover, I know this, search for semola rimacinata for your bread and focaccia. Thank you so much for all your lovely comments and feedbacks on our podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Please rate and review the show. It will help us to be found online and to build up an appetite for Italian food. Share with your friends too. You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode description. Don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and to discover new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Welcome to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 5. Today's theme is Food Markets of Tuscany. If you follow me on Instagram or on the blog, you know that I really love shopping at the market. But it's something which is quite new for me. When I used to work in an office, I didn't have time to go to the market to shop for my food. So my passion for food markets began when I started teaching cooking classes. My cooking classes are... um, Well, there are the cooking classes where you just meet me here at the studio and we decide together the menu and then we cook together and then we eat together. But then there's my favorite cooking class, which is the market cooking class. We go to the market in the morning. Usually it's the market in Colle Valdelsa or in Poggibonzi. We shop together, so we decide what to buy according to the season and then we come back home and we cook. Every time is a surprise because I don't know what to expect from the market. So one day you might find amazing agretti, the monk's beard, that are very typical of this season. Uh, Or in autumn you can find wonderful mushrooms and porcini. Then I'm also excited when I find the first butternut squash or, for example, when the season of tomatoes begins. 
So the market is always an experience. And I start realizing how incredible this experience is when I start bringing all my guests to the, to the, of the cooking class to the market. For us in Italy, this spread of vegetables is quite common. But I recognize that it's not so common for people that live abroad. So this brought a great passion for food markets. And I really fell in love with the experience. I start going to the markets, not just in my town, but also in the nearby towns, in Florence and in Siena. And I start to uh, get to know the producers and the vendors and we became friends. So basically, the food markets became one of my passions. This is why in 2017, we published a cookbook, uh, which is La Cucina dei Mercati in Toscana. This book was translated in English and in 2018 it was published worldwide as From the Markets of Tuscany, a cookbook. Let me talk about this book for a second. Tuscan cooking is made at home, in grocery shops, in the local vegetable gardens and among the stalls of a market. So this book is a collection of traditional and seasonal recipes and a guide to the best food markets in Tuscany. With this book, I bring you with me on a tour through the most famous and lesser known areas of one of the most popular regions in the world, Tuscany. So from the streets of Florence to those full of charm and mystery of Volterra, from Garfagnana to the wild Lunigiana, from the velvet hills of Valdorcia to those covered with vineyards and olive groves in the Chianti area. Basically, this book was an excuse to describe with pictures, with words and recipes, the historical markets like San Lorenzo and Sant'Ambrogio in Florence, the weekly markets in many small towns, like in my town in Colle Valdelsa, and the organic markets of local producers. There are also the coastal fish markets and the little huts of fruits and vegetables that you could find along the road in Maremma. The book is divided into 12 chapters and it presents the typical dishes of each area. There are the traditional breads, from the bland Tuscan bread, we talk about that, made without salt, to the chestnut flour bread from Lunigiana and the potato bread of Garfagnana. There are of course also meat dishes, including game, for example wild boar, and quinto quarto, offal. We also venture to the coast to add the best fish recipes, from the caciucco in Livorno to the whole fish baked with vegetables in Maremma. There are, of course, recipes with vegetables, and you have to choose them wisely, seasonally, and locally. And there are recipes for desserts, like timeless cakes, sweet breads, and cookies, which belong to the past times and to grandmother's cupboards. So the first question is, who shops at the markets? If you come with me to the market on a Friday morning in Colle Valdelsa, you would mainly find nonne, grandmothers, nonni, grandfathers, um, people that do not work, like retired people, or someone who's very lucky to like work a shift, so he's free on a Friday morning. If it's summer, you might find many young people because they do not go to the school in the morning. But usually, if you work in an office and if you work in the morning, you don't, ha- you don't have time to go to the market because in Italy, weekly markets that are from Monday to Friday, for example, they, just, they are just open in the morning until 
one o'clock. So usually you don't have time to go to these markets. So is this a tradition that we are losing? Luckily not, because there are also other kinds of market, like the farmers market, the local producer markets, that are usually held on the weekend. So many young people would go to the market during the weekend. And so they would go to different kinds of market, but they would still shop for food at the market. Today in this episode, I want to talk about three different kinds of markets. We'll talk about the historical markets, like the San Lorenzo market in Florence, for example. We'll talk about the weekly markets that you can find even in the smallest towns throughout Italy. And then we'll talk about the producer's market. They are very similar to the farmer's market that you are probably used to see. The historical markets run every day. They are usually indoor markets or mercati coperti. They usually have also an architectural interest. Let's take, for example, the San Lorenzo market in Florence. The San Lorenzo market or Mercato Centrale, it is just a few minutes from the Duomo. And it's also very interesting for these architectural merits. It was designed by Giuseppe Mengoni. He is an architect who is also responsible for the Vittorio Emanuele II shopping arcade in Milan. He took inspiration from Les in Paris. So there are glass and iron elements that make the Mercato San Lorenzo uh, extremely beautiful and interesting, not just for the food, but also for the building. Today, at the San Lorenzo market, it's easier to find tourists than Florentine people shopping for food, as it is very central and close to the Duomo. It is worth a visit, though, not only for its architectural merits, but also for the historical importance it has, its picturesque stalls, and the traditional Florentine dishes such as tripe and lampredotto. A recent restoration transformed the top floor of the market into an area where you can eat whatever you want. It is like a street food. You can choose what you want from different stalls and then bring the food to tables that are at the center of the mercato and just share the food with other people. So you can have pizza, you can have fresh pasta, you can have meat, fish. And it's fun because really you can choose and then decide what to have on the spot in the moment. And the quality is extremely good. The heart of the market, however, it's on the ground floor. Because here you have butchers, you have fruit and vegetable vendors, you have tribe counters, bakers, fishmongers. And what is interesting is that they all set up in specific areas based on the natural ventilation of the building. On the ground floor, it is where you can find Quinto Quarto, offal which is a favorite among the Florentine people. So here you can find cheek and stomach, lungs, testicles, tails, but also the most famous tripe and lampredotto. Who shops for Quinto Quarto today? At the beginning, the Quinto Quarto was the favorite cut of Florentine people. So they would go to the market and choose their trippa or lampredotto or even... I don't know, the heart, the liver, and cook them. They knew how to cook them, and they wanted to cook them. Now it's different. Uh, First of all, there are not so many Quinto Quarto stalls as before. 
I remember when we started researching for the book, we found a nice stall with um, a couple that were running the stall. And they told us that they had to sell also uh, limoncello and nice shapes of pasta and chili pepper to tourists because otherwise they wouldn't be able to make ends meet at the end of the month because they didn't sell as before the Quinto Quarto. We came back a few days ago and the shop was gone. I mean, the shop was still there, the nice couple was still there, but they, they were a triperia, but now they are not selling trippa and lampredotto anymore. They are just selling products for tourists because the Florentine people stopped buying the Quinto Quarto. But there are new people interested in Quinto Quarto now at the market. These new people are immigrants. They shop for Quinto Quarto for different reasons. First of all, of course, this is the cheapest cut of the animal. So this is something they can afford. And second, they know how to cook this. They have traditional recipes that they want to preserve. And so at the market, they can find all these uh, specific cuts that would otherwise be very difficult to find. So it is thanks to immigrant people that we can still find the traditional Quinto Quarto at the Mercato di San Lorenzo in Florence. They are preserving our tradition through their tradition. And I think this is one of the most splendid examples of integration. Then, Sant'Ambrogio Market. If you have time to go to a market in Florence, I would suggest Sant'Ambrogio. It is just outside Florence city center. It's close to the synagogue, La Nazione newspaper offices, and Piazza Razzeglio, and the large boulevards. Sant'Ambrogio Market offers everything an Italian market should offer. It is a lively marketplace, and you can find mostly Florentine people here, shopping for their vegetables, for their cheese and meat and fish. Outside, you can find fresh fruit and vegetables. Also delicious Italian avocados from Sicily when in season. And inside you find fish, cheese, and the real star of Sant'Ambrogio's indoor market, meat. I really like the Valdarno Carni shop. They have everything. And they have the different cuts, but they have also prepared dishes that you can just buy and cook at home. This is where I found the recipe for the Arista, with prosciutto, pecorino, and pears. You can find this recipe in my book, From the Markets of Tuscany, but also on the blog. So if you check on the blog in the Christmas recipes, you'll find this arista that I found at the Sant'Ambrogio market. Outside of the market, you are in one of the most interesting food areas of Florence. There's the Cibreo Cafe and Restaurant. It is basically the Cibreo headquarters. And there's also one of my favorite panini shops in Florence, Semel. Now, from Florence, let's drive to Livorno. Livorno is a coastal town, city. It's one of my favorite towns in Tuscany. Not because it's like beautiful as Florence, as Siena and Lucca, but for the people. Here, there are the most amazing people. They are generous, they are open, they are fun. And it's so fun to meet them at the market. 
I remember when we were um, traveling through Tuscany to research for the book, we had to take photos of people at the market. So the, there was Tommaso taking photos and I had to ask, sorry, can we take a photo? And sometimes it was, yes, sure. Other times it was, no, 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 I don't want to be in a picture, please go away. Well, in Livorno it was completely different. There were people stopping us and say, do you want to take a photo of me? Do you want me like to hold the fish? Do you want me to show you the vegetables? Then we will find a photo. It was it was amazing because um, they are I don't know, so fun, so fun. Today, the market in Livorno is the second largest indoor market in Europe. It is second only to Barcelona's Bocheria. It is still frequented daily by Livorno locals looking for fresh fish, meat, fruit and vegetables. Inside the market, there's a large area for meats. You can find beef, pork and sheep products, coming mainly from nearby areas. What is interesting is that you can also buy kosher meats here. It is an evidence of the enduring influence of Jewish culture and cuisine on this city. But if you really want to enjoy the market, you have to search for the fish pavilion. The selection of available fish is huge. It is the pride of every person uh, who was born in Livorno. And here, the aroma of the sea fills the air. The fish is so fresh, it glitters, as it, it was still swimming in the waves of the sea. At the market in Livorno, you can find the cheap kinds of fish, the one that is rich in bones and it's good for soups, but also fish for frying, the oily fish, that is our pesce azzurro, blue fish, like anchovies and sardines and mackerels, but also more prized items such as shellfish and seafood. Just outside of the market, search for a tiny door of Gagarin, where you can stop and buy torta the chickpea cake, the typical street food on Livorno. Or you can walk a few more minutes and reach Piazza Cavallotti, where you find another interesting fruit and vegetable market and also a shop selling frati, fried donuts, which are so good. After the indoor markets, I want to talk about the weekly markets. In my area, you can find a market on Friday mornings in Colle Valdelsa and a market in Poggi Bonzi every Tuesday morning. Usually these weekly markets move from town to town, so you can find the same vendors, the same producers in all the little towns in the same region. So I can find, for example, my friends selling fruit and vegetables in Colle Valdelsa, in Poggi Bonzi and even in Gracciano which is a small neighborhood of my town where I go um, because there's the, my favorite butcher. These markets are social events. People gather there in town from the countryside. Some of these markets are extremely old. Take, for example, the market in Castelnuovo in Garfagnana, where a Thursday morning market has been running since the 1430. The most interesting feature is how the market is set up because it's winding through the narrow streets of town, up and down through its alleyways and small squares. When people go to this market, they still wear their best 
suits and the hat, for example, and women wear the best dress. Because you gather there, you meet other people, you check with other people, you see how the other people are doing, and you meet your friends and you talk about your life and your children's and what's going on in Italy. At the weekly market, there's everything. It is not just food. You can buy clothes, pots and pans, shoes, flowers. You find everything that you might need. And then, of course, there's a food area. In the food area, usually you find one of the stalls selling roast chicken. It's a rosticceria. So here you can buy everything already cooked. That's the chicken, skewers, potatoes, like chips or croquettes. You find roast beef, you find sausages. Everything is already cooked. Why? Because usually if you go to the market in the morning, you don't have the usual amount of time to cook. And so it is quite a habit to stop there and buy what you need for lunch. When I was a kid, I would go to the market on Friday morning with my grandfather because he was working in a tiny cubicle in the main square of town where the market was held. And then before coming back home, we would stop and buy the chicken and the chips to bring back to my grandmother for lunch. And still, nowadays, if I happen to go to the market with my mom, it is quite natural to stop and buy the roast chicken, even though it's not the best chicken in the world, but it's the flavor, it's the tradition. So we would stop there and buy the chicken for lunch. Along with the rosticceria, you usually find also a fish stall. Usually it comes from the coast in the morning. They go, they, they ride to the coast, they buy the fish, and then they bring it back to town. We are not far from the coast. It's about one hour, one hour and a half. But it is not as easy to find the fresh fish as you might imagine. So the market day is usually the best day to buy fish. Has it happened? The market in Colle Valdelsa is on Friday morning. So fish on Friday works perfectly for us. Then you find the cheese stall. It's one of the most exciting, especially if you have the chance to meet my friend Gabriele. He selects the cheese from all over Italy. He has the gorgonzola, the blue cheese, creamy and rich from the north of Italy. Then he has a provolone. A provolone is a string cheese from the south of Italy, which is spicy and sharp. Then you can find pecorino, so sheep milk cheese from all over Italy, but especially from Tuscany. Pecorino is our favorite cheese in Tuscany, and you can find the fresh one or the aged one. Then you find the fruit and vegetable stalls. Usually they are not farmers, at least in the small weekly markets of tiny towns. They are usually vendors. They go to the central market where they can buy fruit and vegetables, and then they sell the vegetables and the fruit at the market. So it is very important to know where to go. My friends, for example, they tend to buy just what is in season and what comes from Tuscany and from small producers. So they can tell you, for example, that these artichokes come from the coast and that the potatoes are from Mugello and the apples as well, while the oranges, for example, they come from the south of Italy, just like the lemons. You can learn a lot about the social and economic aspects of a town just from the market. In Collevaldelsa, there are stalls from Sicily and from Campania and Puglia. Why? Well, after the Second World War, 
many people moved from the south to the north and to Colleval Delta, for example. They were searching for the flavors of home. And this is why there were people selling at the market their bread, their cheese, the salami, but even the vegetables. And nowadays, if you go to one of these stalls, you could even recognize the difference in the accent of people talking. So at the stall from Sicily, there would be people with a Sicilian accent buying, for example, dried, sun-dried tomatoes, buying the olives, buying their pecorino. Then if you move to the stall selling products from Campania and from Puglia, you listen to different accents. You can find the bread made with salt. You can find the burrata and the scamorza, and then you can find even the spicy salami. And also, since they come every day from the south, the ricotta from Rome, as they pass through the place where they produce this ricotta. It is amazing also for us, because we can taste different kinds of cheese and bread and olives just by shopping at different stalls at the market. It's a little tour of Italy through the best food. The third kind of markets I wanted to talk about are the organic markets of local producers. This is the news. They are newer compared to weekly markets and to indoor markets. They are usually held on the weekend, and this is where young people can shop. In Florence, for example, you have the Fierucola in Piazza Santissima Annunziata and the Santo Spirito Market. You go there on a Sunday, once a month. Here you find stone ground flowers, honey, organic fruits and vegetables, bread and sweets made with marmalade, preserves, cheese, organic wines, and even plants to start up your own garden. It is thanks to these markets that young people start caring about food again, because they start talking with producers about the food and about the recipes and about how the products are made, and they also had the chance to shop, because these markets are held on weekend. One of the most interesting farmers' market in Tuscany is the one in Prato. It is held in a parking lot, a little outside the town centre. It is surrounded by tall trees, but warehouses and other industrial buildings. It is especially interesting for bread and flour, as there you can find the local Gran Prato flour, and then you can find also breads and baked goods, just like the bozza pratese or biscotti or other cakes. At this market in Prato, you can also find the local variety of Prato Mortadella that is made by Mannori and is spiced with Alkermes. Another beautiful farmer's market is the one in Lucca, at the Foro Boario. This market takes place just outside the historical center at the structure called Foro Boario. It is not far from the Serchio River. While traveling around Tuscany, we have visited numerous farmer's markets, but this one truly won me over with its impressive variety of garden fruits and vegetables, with the fish from the nearby coasts, meats, local cheese, extra virgin olive oil, wine and honey. One of the characteristic products of Tuscany farmer's market is honey. Here it was available in several varieties, including a locally made beach honey. 
miele levato da spiaggia. So after all these talks about markets, you might ask, and where do I shop? My answer is I shop at the market, I try to shop directly from producers, but I do shop also from the supermarket. I try to find a balance in between my budget, both of money and time, and my love for seasonal, local produce. And always remember that shopping, your shopping, is also a political act. Word of the day. Learn the Italian language of food word after word. Every year, more than 200 people join our cooking classes. Speaking with them, I made a small dictionary of important words and pronunciations that can help you navigate through the immense world of Italian food. So if you love Italian language as much as you love Italian cooking, these are a few words that can be useful for you. Today's word is pecorino. Pecora in Italian is sheep. Pecorino is a sheep milk cheese. It is Tuscan most common cheese. Yes, there's a pecorino romano, a pecorino toscano, a pecorino from Sardinia or from Sicily. Basically, from every region where people have sheep to milk and to make cheese with. But we will talk more about it in a future episode. This is the end of today's episode. I'd love to hear from you. Where do you shop? Do you go to farmer's market? Do you shop mainly at the supermarket? Do you like to meet producers? When you travel, do you visit food markets? If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. I'll answer your questions at the end of each episode. Thanks for listening to Cooking with an Italian Accent. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Rate and review the show. It will help us to be found online and build up an appetite for Italian food. Share with your friends too! You will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode description. Don't forget to visit juleskitchen.com for more information and to discover new stories and recipes from Tuscany. Ciao!